Welcome to Launched. I'm Charlie Chapman, and today I'm excited to bring you the developer behind the link-saving app Bridges, Jonathan Ruiz. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Charlie. It's good to be here, buddy. Does it feel does it feel weird being on this side of the microphone? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it feels really good. Um, really good to record a podcast. It's been quite some time since I have recorded a podcast. And I'm excited to talk to you about Bridges. And uh, yeah, like you said, just be on the other side of this. Because usually uh, listeners, any, uh, any edits that go into the show is done by me. So hello. Hello, friend. Yeah. Jonathan, (laughs) Jonathan has been, uh, editing this podcast for, is is it a year? Is it been over a year? I don't, don't know time anymore. I think so. I, I, I should have looked up the numbers. I think you might be right. (laughs) But now you have, you have an app in the store. Uh, it has been delightful to follow from, uh, behind the scenes, but now we get to get to bring the story to the front of the scenes. I don't know. I don't know what the metaphor I'm, <laughs> it's all falling apart here, but we can go with that. It's very exciting. Uh, but before, before we get into bridges, uh, I want to introduce everybody to who you are. So the three questions I ask to kick things off here is where are you from? Do you have a formal education related to what you do? And then what was your career leading up to bridges? Yeah. So, um, I am from Los Angeles, California. I've pretty much been here my whole life. Um, I really enjoy Southern California. Um, I know some people um, either really like the LA scene or, or maybe not so much, um, but I, I can't really imagine being anywhere else. Uh, it's where, uh, well, me and my wife grew up basically in like more of the suburbs of LA, kind of like away from a lot of the city life, but all of our family and everybody's like rooted here. So this is like our home. And um like formal education. Um, I do have a business degree from Cal Poly Pomona, but any, uh, like coding or programming stuff has just something I've been something I've taught myself over the years. And, um, what was the last one? I I think I forgot already. Uh, just kind of your career leading up to bridges. So we can kind of talk about that, uh, what you just said, which is the kind of teaching yourself. So like my introduction to you was the tech podcast that you used to do with what was what was your co-host's name uh uh my friend mark franson uh, yeah. everyday robots mm-hmm. yeah everyday robots um so like yeah how did you get into ios development uh and what was sort of the story there i initially started kind of going through i think it might have been like free code camp and it, but it was like html and css stuff i i think a lot of times when you're looking for different programming in general tutorials and stuff they kind of have more things with web development because it's yeah. really popular yeah it's the most accessible the most popular i mean it makes sense but what what was your reason for looking at that in the first place like it's not necessarily just easy reading kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're, you're definitely right there um it, it's interesting like i i've always kind of been like i guess a tech prosumer person just you know, um, and reading different articles from uh, tech blogs, listening to different podcasts. Once I started getting into Relay FM's podcast and, and listening to all that stuff, it was a really 
like a turning point for me just because uh, so many of those uh, shows, it's kind of like you're hanging out with uh, friends talking about stuff that you're into because like day to day for myself, um, I don't necessarily have a lot of uh, close friends that do, you know, iOS development or, or things like that. So it was getting into those and then kind of exploring the world of like, you know, I want to participate in the conversation somehow. Like, is that a podcast? Is that a blog? Is that programming? And um, I guess looking at different developers like Marco Armad or, or just people like that, that kind of do a little bit of everything, you know, do the development side, do the podcasting side. That's kind of where a lot of that interest started. And I just kind of was pulling out that thread a little bit. And uh, I guess that's how I got started and all that stuff. So you were kind of wanting to, like iOS was sort of the the first thing you were wanting to develop with? Yes. Um, that was when it finally clicked for me. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily want to like build websites or, you know, have interests in, in kind of other things like that. I wanted to make stuff, you know, for my iPhone, um, stuff that I use day to day. And uh, especially when Swift came around and I mean, especially later with Swift UI, but I had looked at Objective-C and like, it just looked like gibberish to me. And uh, <laughs> I, it, it's, I, I think it's been said, but it, it, it's one of those things where when Swift was coming out and when you're kind of reading everything, it's just way more approachable. Yeah. And I think lots of people kind of like me felt maybe I should give this a shot because it doesn't seem as difficult or as hard. Um, I could maybe do this to, to, you know, have that kind of end goal of making an app I think is interesting for myself. Okay. So kind of your end goal at that stage then was you'd like to, to make an app? Yes. Um, my, my goal was to, you know, start getting into the world of app development and uh, specifically for like iOS. One of the, you know, first things I did was go do like hacking with Swift. And I mean, there's lots of different um, kind of avenues I went down, but, you know, uh, Paul Hudson stuff and other, you know, authors and, and, and whatnot have a lot of great content out there. Um, I started going through some of their tutorials and stuff. And it was interesting because a lot of it, um, not that it wasn't, you know, well-written or anything, it just was a little hard for me to grasp because I had zero coding experience. Right. You know, everything I've done is, has been like on my own and I would oftentimes feel like overwhelmed by Xcode or, or just wasn't sure like how to have everything set up. And I kind of put that down for a little bit. And when Apple came out with uh, Swift Playgrounds, that really kind of was a turning point for me for kind of getting a lot of the material, um, starting to understand a little bit more of the foundation. So they have the learning to code series like one, two, and three. They probably yeah. updated it since then. Um, but I had went through all of those multiple times and that was kind of that foundation for me to, you know, start writing a little bit of code or just, you know, playing the games. Yeah, because Swift Playgrounds is for those who don't know, it's a it's an app on iPad and on the Mac. Um, but it has a it's yeah, it's almost like a game at first. Like there's literally a character moving around on the screen in a world, but you write Swift code 
to move them through, right? Yeah, they they make it very fun and approachable to solve the puzzles, to do the challenges, but through the way you're learning how to actually code and, and write the code and, and make it more efficient um, and teach you, you know, different concepts, you know, like what is like a for loop, you know, while yeah. like, you know, different things like that. Some of those basic core components that at least for me, I think I sometimes forget because it was so long ago and my context of life was so different that it's like, I think about like what's Swift like, and I'm comparing it to me learning Swift, but I already knew all these other languages. And so you, some of those concepts are just like the same everywhere. And so getting yeah. some of those core concepts is so foundational. And I think a lot of training material is often, even if it's not necessarily specifically built for people coming from other languages, it's really hard as a person writing that, I think, to get yourself in that mindset all the time. Yeah, I think sometimes it's often said that Swift is a like a hard language to learn. And I think partially that is for like how type safe it is and how it likes to throw out errors for certain certain things like for me it was kind of that that end goal to be able to make apps for you know the platforms i wanted to and i almost feel like in a sense that since i hadn't come with like you know like a javascript background or like a python background this and that i was just kind of learning from scratch you know all the intricacies of, of writing swift or, or writing code was just like I guess that's how you do things. So, and I think in a certain sense, my lack of experience there was more of a benefit. It's like, I, I guess I could understand, um, you know, certain frustrations while writing it, but I think it's pretty easy and approachable and like, you know, so. Okay. So Swift Playgrounds has been around for a little while. Uh, so what's the, what's the story so from there? So you're starting to get into it to, you know, multiple years later when bridges comes out what I, you you have a day job that's not programming at all related right yes so uh my day job and the job i'm still currently at um is actually just in shoes so i'm an assistant manager at a new balance store and that's my still current day job i really enjoy that job um it's definitely um not my like full career path my full career path i intend to be like developing for Apple's platforms. But throughout um, my coding journey, I've had just regular um, non-tech jobs. So barista, um, you know, where I'm at now, uh, just different things like that. So you're doing all of this, you know, learning foundational stuff, sort of as a like side hobby, side hustle thing. Yeah. Finding that balance between, you know, um, having the the full 40 hour work week or oftentimes a little bit more spending time with my uh wife and family and trying to make apps at the site so uh that's currently all the projects I'm I'm juggling right now and for a time at least you were doing you were doing a podcast what what's the story there cuz by the time I was listening, you were to me you were you were just an iOS developer not just but you know what I mean you were an iOS developer so was that was part of doing that, uh, you know, as part of that journey of learning and kind of getting more into that into this space? Oh, definitely. Um, a lot of it was kind of wanting to try some try multiple things, try the podcast, try to do 
development and um with the podcast and um my friend mark we had met at a uh developer meetup that was kind of a regular thing in in santa monica at this company uh they were called event farm and um unfortunately it's not active anymore but it was something i had found through i think it was um eventbrite or something like that um and we i would go and i had seen mark there a couple times and we would just kind of talk and, and chat and whatnot and i had been itching to do a podcast just because thinking through like kind of the logistics of that um you know i did have in my mind like you know i could do a guest-based show it just be myself and somebody else and it would be a little bit easier to kind of get that started but there's also other challenges of you know getting new guests all the time or i can go the route of a permanent co-host and have you know one day a week where i'm dedicating to the show where i'm recording maybe editing afterwards and that's kind of the route i i wanted to take and um yeah we just had gone along really well and and so i asked him to you know if he wanted to do the show and he agreed and so i was really happy to to get that started and um that was kind of in addition to me still learning development and stuff. And that podcast was going on for a little over a year. And it was such a rewarding experience just because we got to, you know, uh, record once a week, talk about different things in, in the world of Apple, uh, whatever we were up to. Uh, he's a developer himself. Like he actually works in Flutter now. Um, so it's not as much um, like native, like iOS code, although right. he still does that on the side. Um, and we still keep in touch. But because of uh, the day job and basically around the time I, I got hired at the job I have now, the work commitments and time for everything was unfortunately just not something I can handle. Um, so I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was It was like, you know, as they say, with like a heavy heart, like I had to kind of put the show on 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 hold and, and stop it and um i didn't want to but at the same time I, I knew that i couldn't hold a regular schedule um or have the type of show i, I wanted so i i kind of put that on pause but um yeah i mean with that there was also kind of like an itch to do um, different interviews and stuff. So it was interesting the show towards the end of it. I mean, yeah, there was like 110 episodes or something like that. And that really taught me how to do like editing and logic, um, you know, posting different, uh, podcasts, um, you know, like how that process works. Yeah, um, for reference, this show, this is episode 72 <laughs> after like <laughs> three years or four years or something. So uh yeah slightly different pace yeah yeah i i wanted to do that weekly thing and um i mean for the most part we pretty much hit those numbers which i'm i'm really proud of and you know even that that guest part like i was talking about um i did have multiple episodes where me and mark would record with the guests and just kind of talk about different things yeah i was one of them and yeah yeah you're one of them and and that's how we kind of started to really meet and talk to each other and i think at the time you know it was when you just released dark noise right or it was uh some yeah it was during that era yeah 
and I had saw the app and I thought it was really cool. I'm like, we should have Charlie. And then it was really awesome. Like I, afterwards, maybe like a month or two, you just became, you know, the, the dark noise developer we all know with, you know, so much, uh, you know, promotion from like, I mean, you have your app on Max pre-installed on different places around the world. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, and it was cool to interview you like when you're starting to like come up and, and we've known each other since then and became friends and I'm glad for that. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in these, like doing projects like this where it might not be long lasting and even the output might be embarrassing. Not that this was, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I did a podcast before this podcast that, you know, I don't even like saying out loud because I don't want people to go find it and hear how bad it sounded. But the point is like these little projects with friends and stuff like that are, especially if you set schedules for yourself, they can be real crash courses in like becoming proficient at a tool. And then even if the whole thing shutters and whatever, it becomes this, uh, this skill set that you built that can last a pretty long time. Like you might have to be really rusty in it and you might have to relearn it or whatever, but you have these like, well, kind of like we were talking about with the coding thing. You have this core set of understanding of the things you need to do. Um, and it can really come in handy. Uh, so yeah, I'm always, I'm always a big believer in, I mean, obviously I'm a big believer in side projects, but like maybe to a fault, but you know, uh, no matter what the length is, it, the learning experience you can get from, doing something like that is is huge but so during during all of this um you're kind of learning ios development you said your ultimate mm -hmm. goal was you wanted to make an app were you working on mm -hmm. an app throughout all this i i was um my apps uh basically the app i started working on as the show was going on and it was during the show. So this was around 2020, maybe 2021. Um, no, no, it was, it was 2020 actually. And I think about it. Um, so we'll talk about Lochna. Um, I mean, that's Lochna is the iOS app that I was making as the show was going on. And, and I was, I was kind of learning more about iOS development and Lochna was essentially a camera app that, really lets you easily see what kind of lock screen photo you're going to take or wallpaper like home screen photo you're going to take because there was so many times where i would you know try to take a picture of me and janina and, and save it but then the time is there or the date's there or it's you know inverted awkwardly or it, it it's placed awkwardly and then they have like the parallax stuff going on yeah and i was thinking to myself i'm like I'm like, how hard would it be to like actually solve this problem and like challenge myself to like make an app to do this? And I mean, there was one time we were at, um, I think it was Griffith Park and we were just trying to take a selfie to, you know, have that. And, and I tried like four or five different times to like, you know, have that nice wallpaper photo and I spent the, you know, five minutes or whatever, like trying to set it up um you know after i took the photo and on the car ride home it was just this idea that was like kind of bugging me and yeah i was i was thinking to myself because at the time i had i mean i had done all the swift stuff 
um, with Swift Playgrounds. Uh, I was going through different tutorials from the books I, I kind of came back to afterwards. And I'm like, I kind of have a little bit of this under my belt. Like, like, how do I challenge myself to do it? And it was, it was so much fun. Like it, it was that one catalyst that put me on this path because, um, basically like trying to build that and, and go back and forth of like, is this working? Is this not working? And it wasn't working for, for a little bit. And, you know, I would be taking the photo. Like I had so many photos on my camera roll. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> and, uh, um, I remember like when the, uh, the lockdowns happened, um, and I was, I was working as a barista and like, I basically took like a month and a half off and like, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Like, you know, yeah. everything was still very new. We, we didn't know like if we were going to go back in two weeks or whatnot. And a couple of my coworkers, like they, they stayed and like the store stayed opened and, Luckily, I I had this kind of like a, you know, unique uh, opportunity where I didn't have to like lose my job, but I could just have this time off and, you know, focus on my project. And that was a really, I mean, obviously like the pandemic is not a, like a fun thing, but like for myself and like everybody has their different experiences, that was kind of my project for that. And so for that month and a half, I was just kind of um, working on the app. And I remember I had like that breakthrough where I, it actually started working. So I was trying to find all these different ways of, you know, getting that real time viewfinder, getting that zoomed in feel and look. And there was like, my workflow for that was essentially, uh, you know, take the photo, um, take, or, or, get that photo as your wallpaper, open up sketch, put both of them side by side, change the opacity and see where everything was and getting the time to be where exactly where it was, getting the date exactly where it was, was a lot of tedious work, but I actually enjoyed it. And I mean, there's so many, um, you know, devices and size classes. And so like, I basically went through and like with auto layout, I, I taught myself how to layout kind of with that app where I was getting the lock screen, um, you know, putting it there, you know, using the app, lining everything up. Oh, you know, the date's off by like 10 points. Let me just move that up and just kind of like going back and forth, going back and forth. So I had this ginormous sketch file where like I had all these little titles. It's like iPhone, like 4.5 inches or, you know, this and that. And I'd have all these screenshots where there was two images and they were all lined up and everything was like matching. And so like once I I figured out how to like stretch that view to be like accurate, it was just like, it was this amazing feeling. Like I I remember because I had that workflow of just lining them up and everything started matching. Like I was taking so many pictures of like little pop figures on my desk and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's actually lining up now. And the t- time's there, the date's there. And then I was like, okay, let me go picture, take a picture of my dog and then like, you know, make sure they line up. And then they started lining up and I started getting like super excited, like really um, energized. And it was one of those first like coding moments that from not knowing anything at all to like making the idea I had in my head, like become a reality. It was, it was the best feeling. And then I got it like addicted after that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Once you catch the bug, 
exactly. It, it's hard to, to go back after that. So did you end up releasing that in the store? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one I, I released on the store and um, that must have been Taylor end of 2020. I could probably look it up because um, it, it, it surpassed my expectations. Like I had released it and I, you know, was really excited about it, really happy with it. And it was kind of that perfect app for me because it, it, it's uh, like a useful utility. Um, I didn't have much work with like uh, Cordata or things like that. So it was kind of like the right. perfect scope of where I was at. And um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a shock to me just because um, like nine to five Mac had picked it up and, and wrote about it. And I believe it was like 199. I had put it, it was, it was basically just a paid upfront app. And um, once that happened, it, that kind of just, it, that in itself blew my mind and other publications started picking it up because nine to five max pretty big and it, it just like you know started getting a lot of downloads uh getting more attention and yeah like it, it just kind of you know uh put me on that path of like i can do this yeah. i enjoy doing this and i i should continue so then where'd you go from there was was the idea like all right i'm gonna try and make a bunch more apps or you know, what's what I guess really what's the path from there to the start of Bridges? It's interesting because as I was making Lochna, I did have the idea for Bridges in my mind. Coming up with app ideas for me is is pretty hard. I feel like lots of people um, have like a folder with like a hundred different app ideas. And like I, I've definitely wrote things down and, and kind of come back to them and, and thought, like maybe I need to flesh the idea out a little bit more, but kind of going back to the podcast and the idea for bridges, it, it was almost in sync, but not really. Um, while I was producing the show, I've you know had a bunch of different ways that it was a really not fragmented experience, but um, you know publishing through Libsyn, um, having the website. The website was through. John Sundell's publish. So I mm. was using the static site generator and had every everything in um and there. And then basically the idea for Bridges kind of came up through a lot of this um tedious work that I was doing. So producing the show, um, I wanted to have like really good show notes. Um, you know, I use Relay FM stuff as like the gold standard for me. Yeah, and relay shows NATP their show notes are big and, you know, manicured. They look nice. There's proper links for everything that they talk about. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's really well done, very human readable. You know, you don't have just like a raw URL. And so, you know, like I said, the the show was weekly. And so throughout the week, you know, whatever Apple did, I would like save the link um, you know, I, I wanted to have something I can kind of go back to that had all of these things together and, you know, e- even just like the Apple notes app, I th- think that's what I was probably using the most and I would have all of them there. But then when I would start, you know, publishing the episode, I would have all these links and need to format them in different ways because, yeah. um, John Sundell's published site was through Markdown 
and through Libsyn to have it properly appear as like a hyperlink, it needed to be a hyperlink. So it was this, you know, extra, I don't know, like 10, 15 minute task. Um, cause you're like typing it out twice for everything to the point where there was even times I thought maybe I should save this for the show. Um, but I ended up like not doing that just cause I it's knew that pain. work was yeah. Waiting for me at the end. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's not a good place to be. I should just be saving things. And that's kind of where the idea came from. And I, I, I started thinking to myself too. I mean, like how do does Steven and them do it? Like how do people have all of these things for like, you know, a blog post or a newsletter? It's a task that they don't do like infrequently. It's if anything, it's like a weekly occurrence. So I thought, you know, hey, maybe I can actually make an app out of this where I'm saving a link, but as I do, it's giving me an little entry field for a title that I could associate with it and use that title as like the thing you see when it's like a hyperlink or HTML or Markdown or something like that. And that kind of was the initial idea for Bridges. And the idea being you can put a bunch of links into it and then importantly, you can copy out of it in a bunch of different types of formats as an anchor tag as a markdown link, you know, these different types of things that you needed, you needed the ability to paste into all these different tools. Yes. And I, I wanted to have a way for me to really easily create a folder of items and just pick what I needed and have this nice list generated and not have to do a lot of the work twice. And so that was kind of, you know, the, I guess, ultimate goal um, for the initial idea of the app. Okay. So it started with this, this general idea. Were you pretty much from the get go, you had that sort of design and product idea and you just kind of went for it? Or was there, was there kind of an evolution to where you landed today? There was definitely an evolution. So it was probably around i want to say 2022 or something like that that i because the idea for bridges um was something that i had but didn't actually really act on to a little bit later um and part of that was me learning core data and other things mm, yeah um because what excited me about that app and even as time went on and you know the way you save um wallpapers for the lock screen and the home screen is extremely different now um lockna was kind of like winding down and i was you know thinking the idea i had you know maybe i should look into it but i was still learning development and that notion that this is a productivity app people will use you know, multiple times a week, hopefully. Um, it needs to be really reliable. It needs to be built on technology that's, you know, solid. It's kind of interesting to look back in retrospect because 
I had been playing with the, you know, idea of bridges for a long time. Um, it's something that I had like I had written the app in UI Kit, and then I wrote it again in Swift UI um, because it was it was very much like Lochna, like a learning experience for me. I know a lot of times uh, with persistence and other things like that, people kind of go down the route of like a to do item or right. to do list. And for me, um, bridges was that kind of thing where it was teaching me how to... It was a way to kind of, yeah, learn and understand persistence. Yeah, learn and understand to solve this problem I was having and, and hopefully help other people, you know, solve this, you know, task that can be like tedious work or, you know, change their workflow and, and make things easier. I started settling into like the Swift UI version of the app and started feeling more comfortable with how it was working, how it was running. And then, you know, my development skills were getting better. The The app was looking more presentable. And um, that kind of culminated into the iOS app that I had basically put out a test flight for. So, yeah, that was what I was going to ask about because it, I remember on the, you know, on the back end, uh, me con- constantly trying to convince you to go with the test flight and you being like, ah, oh, it's not quite there. It's not quite there. It's not quite there. <laughs> what was the, what was the like reason f- or I guess what was the sort of, uh, barrier that you crossed where you're like, all right, now I can, I can bring this to test flight. Yeah. I mean, and, and thank you for that because I probably wouldn't have put it out there as quickly without you telling me that I should and telling I you that's appreciate that badgering you uh, maybe being annoying <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it's uh the app I think the last thing that I was kind of waiting on before I felt like it was ready was just figuring out um like how to do um different like, like caching techniques or it was something like that basically I kind of had this this goal where I wanted to have the test flight out to see what the initial audience could potentially be, what people thought of it. Um, and, you know, uh, Josh Schultz's deep dish conference in Chicago was coming up as well. And, and that right. was also something that I kind of used as a goal to have something before that. And when I, you know, go to this conference and, you know, meet a lot of developers that I look up to, you know, maybe I could send them a test flight link right then and there. And so, um, it was kind of a little bit of both of those things. The app I thought was okay. And, um, had that core idea working. Um, and I, I opened up the, the test flight for it and, was just kind of like taken aback because I, I still remember that day I was promoting it on Mastodon and there was lots of people commenting on it and saying that they really liked the idea and they were downloading it. And I was thinking maybe I got like 50 users in the test flight, but I ended up getting over 300. That's so awesome. Like Federico Viticci, it even went to like popped up on his radar and he commented saying he loved the idea and that just like blew my mind. 
yeah, that's uh, I I still remember it probably was I'm, now I'm trying to remember the specifics. I think it was literally just uh, him like liking one of my tweets uh, about dark noise when it was in test flight and just being like, <gasps> you know, uh, <laughs> because it feels I mean, it sounds silly, celebrity, whatever. But really, it's like it's a validation that like and maybe it isn't really a validation, but it feels like a validation that, you know, you've made something that's at least somewhat resonating in a community that uh, feels special to you. I think it's definitely validating. Yeah. I mean, the amount of apps that he's tried and that he's had experience with, like there's very few people that have his um, background and expertise to speak on things, you know, like he's explored so many different um, types of apps, gone to know so many different developers. So when somebody like that, um, you know, mentions that he really likes it, uh, it, it gives you a good feeling and, and kind of reassures you that, yeah, you might be onto something. So then, you know, you have the test flight out there um, and you got a decent user group. Were you getting, were you getting good feedback? Like, did it kind of change the shape of the product in any way while that was out? It a hundred percent did. And I was really grateful for that because there was, um, many people talking about, you know, like how they would like to use the app and not like a completely different way, but just things that were kind of like missing or, uh, things that they wanted to see. Um, I think kind of early on people were like, Oh, is this going to be on the Mac? And, um, having a lot of that, it was really encouraging because it, it, it showed me that, you know, people, you know, want to use this and they actually want to use it on multiple platforms, which is awesome. Um, I've even now, uh, come to know a lot of people that were on the early test flight. Um, like one of my friends, Devin Dundee, he also has a podcast called the magic rays of light. Yeah. Um, we, we've, gotten to know each other now because he had been such a, a fan of the app from early on and he's been giving me lots of great ideas um even now like um so that was that was really fun to to see because it's one thing to to like download an app and, and try it out but to like it enough to get feedback that's a good feeling even if it's you know uh criticism or, or whatever like they still liked it enough to tell you something about yeah. it yeah oh yeah exactly all right so you have the test flight out let's talk about like the sort of lead up to the launch then what was what was that like how did you prepare for it um you know did you utilize the test flight group for that like just what was the plan going into that launch yeah so the the plan for the launch was kind of put into place i want to say around October. Yeah, it was October. So gosh, Deep Dish happened in like late April, right? Uh is uh yeah, April, I think. So Deep Dish happened in late April. Um there was people I had met there that had like tried the app and everything and that kind of like, you know, blew me away cuz it wasn't even on the App Store yet, but like I was meeting people that had like tried it before. Um and they were talking to me about it and at the time the app was only for the iPhone and I thought, you know, I should kind of have this be more of a 
not a quick turnaround, but maybe just launch with the iPhone version. Um, and you know, there was one time where I just, I, I had an itch to try to make it for the iPad as well. And because of using Swift UI and like how much I had learned at, at that point, building out the iPad app, um, was really quick. And I was kind of surprised by that and, and really happy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can have this for the iPad and, and the iPhone. And something that had been important for me was to make um, make it for the Mac as well. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of the lead up to to getting it released, I I had one plan, but then I ended up kind of putting it on pause. And I was like, actually, let me try to hit all the platforms for the 1.0. It was really because of how easy it was for me to make the iPad app after the iPhone that gave me the energy and ambition to do it for the Mac. And um, I ended up making like a separate Mac app and everything syncs through iCloud, but I wanted it again to be like a good solid foundation. Um, I was still learning at the time. I was still learning how to like, you know, do all this stuff. I had never done any Mac development. And you were not, you didn't go with Catalyst, right? It's a uh, like native Swift UI. Yes. Yeah. Native Swift UI. And, um, when I, I, I did start like with Catalyst at first, but then I wasn't really happy with it. And I also didn't want a lot of my code to just be, you know, like if this, then yeah, that yeah, yeah. for like, you know, Mac OS or iOS and even the link presentation API works a little bit different on the Mac. Um, the share extension works a little bit different. Um, so like I, I, got the Mac app working in probably like a month and a half or so. Um, but I was basically building it from scratch, but that was a blast. Like I had a lot of fun and and there was so many things that I had learned through that and, you know, basically rewriting the app. So when it was around October and like had finished the Mac app for where I kind of wanted to have, um, feature parity with the iOS versions, I put myself on this path to like, finally start looking towards the 1.0 and and start landing that plane where I can, you know, put myself on a schedule to do all the other things you have to do for like administrative stuff, like the privacy policy, like the website, uh, things like that. And so you made it to the launch We're we're here, we're talking about it. How, Mm -hmm. how did the launch itself go? Was it, uh, was it smooth? Was there, you know, a decent reception? Like, What's the story? Yeah, the launch was so exciting um, and kind of overwhelming. Like, um, so my friend Devin that I had mentioned before, he had this really, really nice blog post about how he uses Bridges for making show notes for his podcast and how it kind of fit that need for him and in and, and a way a lot of other apps didn't. Um, I had mentioned it to uh, Lee Peterson and, and he did a review on his blog and um, I think he, he had tried it on the test flight before, but then, um, I had let him know that, you know, the app was coming out on November 14th and, um, that day he, he published his review of it and he, he actually said, you know, it had been become like an essential part of his workflow within that week he started like trying and using it, which was really, really exciting for me. And, 
I was getting lots of different people um, telling me how they were using it for their day-to-day projects and it just made me feel so good and, and excited and um, I had you know posted that launch announcement on, on Mastodon I had the website ready for it I had a blog post on my um, you know website um, Stephen Hackett who we've, we've mentioned a couple of times uh, was nice, nice enough to write about it on 5 Tall Pixels and I think he liked the idea um, I definitely wanted to send it to like him and like some other people that I knew that you know do podcasting for a living and, and right. might yeah, yeah. have a need for the app and uh and yeah like sitting here now like i'm pretty close to 300 downloads for for both apps nice and it's a it's you went with paid up front right as the business model i did so the ios and ipad app is one purchase at 399 and the mac app is one purchase at 399 so if you wanted to get both um uh you know you you can and everything syncs together. If you mainly work on iPhone and iPad, you know, it's, it's separate. So it's everything is paid up front. Well, so what was the thinking behind going with paid up front versus uh, subscription? I know your previous app had been paid up front. I know, you know, behind the scenes uh, that you had mm-hmm. kind of contemplated back and forth. So what was the what was the kind of thinking there ultimately? Yeah, so it, it was it was something more of, you know, there there is never like one formula that fits like every app every app developer is going to have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of of all of their the routes they can take and going subscription is something i was really heavily considering and i mean i ultimately didn't go with it um if certain things were a little different with the app um i i might have um some of that is also um, just cause how things work on the, the backend for developers and doing in-app purchases and, and subscriptions and things like that. Um, but I ended up going the paid up front route for, um, its simplicity and, and I wanted to have something that was, you know, uh, still a, a, a decent, um, way to like present an app kind of also in this context of well, like what I want to do with it. Um, you know, it's not my full-time job. It it would be awesome if it was. A lot of it too is that I'll probably come out with another app at some point that is a subscription. I'd, I'd want to explore other avenues, but leading up to everything, I, I just weighing all the pros and cons felt that was kind of the best thing for the app. And I do intend to add um, different extras and like in-app purchases in the future so I can hopefully get some um, more revenue from people that enjoy the app that have used it, um, you know, different things in the app, but nothing that's going to like take away from the core experience of it. Right. No, that makes sense. Cool. Well, uh, is there anything, you know, you want to talk about with with the future of the app? Is there anything going forward that you're you're excited about or uh, or want to add? I feel like it's a... Um, a good spot right now with the launch um you know it, it the launch was really recent too so like um we're recording pretty close to when it, it actually came out and um like yeah the response has been uh, amazing it hasn't been on like nine to five mac or like mac rumors um but from the responses i've gotten it's definitely made me excited and happy like i checked the email for for the app and 
there's lots of interest uh, in like different features, different things like that. And so for the future, um, I haven't put it up yet. I will eventually. Um, I want to have a really public uh, roadmap for the app. Mm. So um, the three top level things, because getting all the platforms to have like feature parity for basically um, was priority number one. So now I can focus on um, doing widgets, you know, interactive widgets, doing shortcuts and something I really want to explore that I think would be fun and different is shared with you support. Cause it's one oh, of yeah. those features that um, Apple had released to developers that I think not too many people take advantage of, but I think that bridges has this kind of unique opportunity to do that well. Um, I would like to have uh, a shared with you like section under, you know, all the folders and, and things you make that surface links that you might've forgotten about, but then you can add to the app. And this is the feature where um, if, if somebody has shared any type of content with you, but in this case, it would just be, I guess, URLs. Um, if somebody shared that with you, like through iMessage or something, then inside of your app, you could actually have a little section that shows, hey, you've recently had this stuff shared with you by your friend Bob or whatever. Um, and it would give them the opportunity to just add it into the app straight from there. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it's something that you can get to um, in iMessage by like tapping on like, um, like the person's avatar and then you can like scroll up and then, you know, see those links, um, all together. But, um, being able to present that to somebody and, you know, just have a easier way to like add stuff there, I, I think would be really interesting. Um, I haven't necessarily played with a lot of the APIs yet. Um, I have looked into it. Um, but right now what I'm kind of focused on is, um, some like small little, uh, features for like after the 1.0, uh, fixing a couple, uh, bugs here and there. And once that's done, I'll be kind of putting, uh, those other plans into motion where, you know, like, do I start working on widgets first or shortcuts? Um, and then just kind of going from there and yeah, like my, my ultimate goal is to have all those things done before, uh, WWDC, um and i could probably do it we'll, we'll see awesome all right well um i guess we can start we can start wrapping things up so uh i'll ask you the question that i ask everybody to end the show which is what's a person or people out there that have inspired you that you'd recommend others check out kind of like daniel mentioned mentioning trent Reznor, which i am also a big trent Reznor fan i'm gonna go that route and mention another musician that i really look up to so I'm going to say David Bowie. Oh, yeah. He has been um, an artist that I listen to all the time that I'm really inspired by. Um, something I think a lot about is kind of how he's had re reinvented himself and kind of like evolved through his music, um, his persona. Um, he was never afraid to try something new it's said that like his career kind of like took off around the Ziggy Stardust era um but I mean watching a lot of different documentaries 
um, before he was even doing his first like album as David Bowie, he had so many different bands he was in, so many different solo acts before settling on David Bowie and putting himself on that path. And it's super inspiring to me because, I mean, so many times when you see somebody that's accomplished in their field or um, doing their craft, you kind of don't know like the the previous history. And yeah. You assume they just were this way. Yeah. And so like when I started learning like all the stuff that he kind of worked through to even get to that starting point before, you know, getting into those later albums and really getting into his own. It's just like really inspiring to me. It's just like, it, it takes a lot of work to like hone your craft. And that just like really resonates with me. It's just, it, it inspires me a lot. And it, it just makes me think like, you know, all the, the apps I build now or all the different things I'm learning um, is going to help me to make that, 10th app or that you know thing in the future so like even the podcast like i wouldn't have been able to um you know offer to work with you on launched if i hadn't taught myself how to edit and do all those things yeah i love that because it, it is it's i think it's easy to always want the thing you're doing to be the thing and get so hung up on that that you know, you sometimes you don't even release it because you're just so obsessing over it. And like, it's never, it's not about, you know, the thing you're working on being the thing. And it's, think of everything as being a stepping stone to the next thing. Because uh, really, it's most people in their life don't have a single, you know, most people aren't Matthew Perry with friends where he sort of lamented that <laughs> he was going to be remembered as the friends person, even though he did really cool stuff even afterwards. It's like most people's careers are these long arcs with lots of, equal sized or various sized uh you know wow this metaphor is really taken off but you get the idea uh <laughs> getting hung up on one thing being the thing that you're you become known for can can be a detriment and so seeing people like like that who uh and getting to know their backstories and understand the many many series of steps that got them there is is uh is inspiring 100 percent, and even you know, towards the the end of his life, it's just so like impressive the amount of albums he did and recordings. Um, his last couple albums were, I think, some of his his best work. And um, his last album, Black Star, came out, and he had passed away that same weekend it came out. And till like the very end, he was just doing what he loved and he was just so good at and. Um, yeah, it, it's, it was one of those celebrity deaths that like when it happened, like, I don't think there was really anybody that I had felt more for than that. And it was just like really sad. Um, but yeah, he's, he's just, um, a really cool dude. And, um, you know, he's the star man looking over on us right now. So that's a good one. I like that. I like that. Thank you. Okay. I, I don't know if you if you don't want to talk about this, so we can, we can cut this if you don't, but you, you are actively still kind of looking at entering into the, the iOS development scene as your full-time capacity, right? Oh yes. No, no. And, and we can, we can definitely talk about this. Um, yeah. So I've had different, well, I've had different interviews with different tech companies, um, you know, going through that process of, 
um, you know, trying to get my foot in the door as a junior iOS developer or, and I've haven't landed my first role yet. Um, I've, you know, interviewed at a couple of different places, but it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to do and I will get there eventually. It's just a matter of like finding that right company. And I'll, I'll, I'll speak for you here and say, I think anybody who's listened this long, uh, you can tell (laughs) Jonathan takes initiative. Uh, you know, you've spent all this time, not only learning and getting an understanding of these things, but like actually shipping and releasing real products. And though I've seen this from me talking to you constantly, and I think you expressed it here too, that like each one of these apps isn't even just an app, but also each one is like you building skill on top of itself. You rewrote the whole thing in Swift UI to learn that. You basically chose this as an app to, to sort of springboard your your uh, persistence layer understanding better. So I think entering into our industry, uh, especially these days with with remote being such a bigger thing as a junior, I think is just so difficult it's probably always been difficult um but yeah it's like i i've always struggled helping people with that too like trying to understand how you break in and i think really it's just uh it's getting that first opportunity where you can kind of cut your teeth but you sort of made that first opportunity for yourself i mean i'm obviously a big fan of yours Uh, i think i think you have definitely a bright future ahead in the ios space uh if you choose to continue pursuing that but if you're listening and you are open to uh enterprising junior developers i cannot recommend uh more uh jonathan so you know reach out uh <laughs> i'll i'll uh we'll leave my uh email and contact info in the the show notes and thank you charlie that's very kind of you to say yeah what will we use for the show notes uh for this app what do you think <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's an app we can use yeah, um, yeah i think i yeah. i think i've heard something about that no but seriously <laughs> uh it's been it's been a pleasure watching you in this space because it's funny because like when i got into the ios scene uh you were just there you were one of the people it wasn't like you were new to it from my perspective oh thank um, you but watching you you know do the podcast and talk so much about you, you know your process of entering the space and understanding software engineering as a practice and iOS development in particular, and then seeing you come out with these different apps and, and then getting to know you personally and work with you and talk to you about uh, bridges in particular and the whole lead up to it has just been an absolute joy. So I'm really, I'm really glad uh, I could have you on and talk about all this. And this is, this is really fun. Thank you, Charlie. And I'm I'm very happy to be here. Um, even before I started editing the show, that's something I would listen to every episode of and why I wanted to work with you because I was a fan of it. And, um, you know, we had known each other and I'm like, this would be a perfect fit. And um, I did have, um, you know, like a worry of like, you know, oh, maybe, you know, um, somebody else would like approach him or this and that. But I'm really glad it, it worked out the way it did. And, um, you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, getting to work with you on a regular basis, which has been fun. And, um, yeah, like I, I, I appreciate the kind words. And I, I think even now, um, knowing what I, 
knowing what I know now and feeling how I do, um, I was very much in my head that like I had to do like X, Y, and Z to be like a quote unquote developer. Um, but you know, uh, to anybody out there who's also kind of in that starting phase, you know, if, if you're still learning, like it doesn't mean you're not a developer. Like there's different things that you have to learn, um, based on the apps that you make, you know, no one developer is going to know every single API. And I think that's something I kind of felt before. Yeah, it's cliche, but literally the job is learning. Which if you don't enjoy, you know, maybe that's not the right right thing. But it's like, don't feel that, you know, classic imposter syndrome just because just because you feel like everything you go to do, you then have to figure out and learn how to do. Because, I don't know, maybe I'm abnormal, but I don't know that I've ever gone out to, like, add something to Dark Noise and half of my time, if not more, was spent learning a brand new API or some concept that I didn't know at all. Like that's, that's the job. Yeah, totally. And, and that's, that's something, um, you know, I, at a younger time thought like, oh, well, of course they know how to add this and they're just going to do it. They're not going to watch the same tutorial I'm watching to learn this API. (laughs) Like they're, they're professionals. Like they just know. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, uh, the world that you inhabit as a developer, I feel like. All right. So uh, where can people find you and your apps? Yeah, so um, we'll definitely have uh, links to Bridges in uh, the show notes. Um, if you go to um, bridgesapp.app, um, then you can uh, find the website for it. Um, but I'm most active on Mastodon. Um, I think a lot of the Apple community kind of went there after Twitter imploded. And um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at feel free to say hello i'm very friendly and uh yeah that's the easiest place to find me all right perfect thanks for listening this episode was edited by jonathan ruiz if you'd like to discuss the show you can find me on twitter at underscore chucky c or tweet the show directly at launched fm i'd really appreciate a rating or review in your podcast app of choice and you can find show notes and more at launchedfm.com.